0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day. Whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this podcast, welcome once again to another episode of So I Married a Horror Fan. This is episode number 56. Okay. So, we are continuing with Foreign Language Horror Month. I hope everybody uh, is staying safe. Uh, Everyone is over the Christmas hangover now and ready to, to get the new year into gear. As always, I am Simon, and I'm Lee, and on today's episode, after our little sejourn to Spain last week, we are on our way to France for this week's episode, as we are looking at Le Pâques du Loupe, otherwise known as Brotherhood of the Wolf, from 2001 by director Christophe Gans. Gans? Gans?
1: Gans, I think.
0: Yeah, I wish I was French, because part of me is like Gans, but then it could also be Gans. I think it's Christoph Gans, but yeah, we're looking at Brotherhood of the Wolf today. Uh, So, hit us with the thing.
1: Okay, so Brotherhood of the Wolf, released in 2001.
0: That movie is legally old enough to drink in America now.
1: It is indeed. Right, now, you're going to have to forgive me, because I have to pronounce French names. So, uh, it was... Written by Christoph Gans as well. And the original scenario and adaptation was by Stephanie Cabell. Cast we have. Okay, <laughs> are you ready? Samuel LeBahan plays Gregor de, Fron- de Fronzac. I don't know why I struggled, I've heard his name multiple times. Gregor
0: de fronzac
1: De Franzac. Uh Mark DeCascus plays Manny. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy Renner <coughs> Uh, Jeremy Ranier Jeremy plays Thomas de Pascher. uh Vincent Cassel plays Jean-Francois? Fr- Is it right, Jean-Francois?
0: Jean-Francois.
1: Yeah. Emily De Quynne plays Marianne. Monique, Monica Bellucci plays Sylvia. Uh, Jack's Perrin plays old Thomas de Pascher, but I don't think that really matters. He's no. really high in the casting. And I don't think any of the other cast really matter too much
0: yeah i think the only other character is the character that's played by um i'm just trying to find him it is the guy from hannibal rising gaspard Ulliel, who plays louis he's the only other character that's kind of like of any significance
1: which character he's playing? the guy with the long oh, blonde wait, hair no he's not with the long blonde hair. Yeah, he's
0: the guy with the long blonde hair. The one who like sees him at the end. He's like on the horse he's like she's dying. She's dying. No,
1: that's Jeremy Renner, who plays Thomas Busher. Oh,
0: I thought that was Gaspar No. You, yeah.
1: The only other person I realize I haven't mentioned him is the guy who plays um the priest. Oh, my God, where? Gaspar Gaspar Sardis. Hmm. Okay, so Jean, Jean-Francois Jean Sevin plays Sardis. Yeah,
0: as I was gonna say, Gaspar Uel, or Uelail, however you say his name, may not be in it that much then, because I thought he was the blonde guy with the long hair. No,
1: he's the poet guy who's at the very beginning of the film who oh. like, doesn't really show up again.
0: Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's in it.
1: He is in it. Okay, so I'm not going to go through the rest of the cast because it's quite a big cast and it's a lot of French names for me to fuck up. So, plotline-wise, IMDB says as follows. Uh, In 18th century France, the Chevalier de Fonzac and his Native American friend Manny are sent to the Gévaudan province at the king's behest to investigate the killings of hundreds by a mysterious beast.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna start right off the bat.
1: I got French words right there, and I know <laughs> I did, and I'm very proud of myself. I'm
0: gonna start with the big important question yes. that everybody wants to know after they've seen this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How the hell did Christoph Gans not blow up?
1: I don't know. Okay, so this film is really a beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. It is a stunning film. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me, it reminds me of Hero, for anyone who's ever, has ever seen Hero, the Jet Lee film? Yeah. I can be Which a is, hero, again, it's got a very similar, like it's a beautifully shot. And there's a lot of the same slow motion shot, freeze frame shots. It's stunning. <laughs> Not only that, it's really well plotted. And they drop hints throughout the entire film as to what is actually going on, which is so fucking smart. And also, it's really well written.
0: Yeah. See, Christoph Gans is a weird one, because he comes up in conversation quite a bit. So he... Oh
1: look at what else he did.
0: Prior to this, he directed Crying Freeman in 1995, nope. which is an adaptation of a manga, which also stars Mark Dacascus, which is Mark, why Mark Dacascus is in this. Mm-hmm. After this, he directed the adaptation of Silent Hill in 2006. He did a film called Agnes, or St. Saint, uh, Saint Agnes, I believe.
1: Mm. No, directors-wise, he did a short film called Silver Slime, mm-hmm. a segment in Necronomicon Book of the Dead, Crying Freeman, Brotherhood of the Wolf, Silent Hill, uh, Bellet Bet, which is Beauty of the Beast, but it's a French one, mm-hmm. and then there's literally an untitled, untitled Silent Hill movie, untitled Project Zero movie.
0: I swear, that if, you, is if you look on his Wikipedia is. page, there's another film... Like, that he was involved with, which is a Romanian-French horror movie. It's an
1: ag. He yeah. was the producer.
0: Oh, there you go. But yeah, if you think, like, so his trajectory was Crying Freeman, which is obviously...
1: Yeah, he's not dumb kind of fair, Which was kind
0: of fairly well received. And then he did, obviously, um, I think I'm right in saying Crying Freeman was produced by Brian Usner, which is why it got a bit of backing behind it, who he did like. Brian Eusner did, like, Don't the reanimated the movies was. and stuff like that. Obviously this movie, kind of, this movie is one of those weird movies where I think it was about 10 years ahead of its time. And this movie did really well as like a cult film via word of mouth. But I don't think it set the world on fire. And then like Silent Hill is one of the best video game adaptations of all time. Mm. That movie works both as an adaptation of the game and as a horror movie. And then, like, he obviously did Beauty and the Beast. He he seems to take, like, long periods of time.
1: <laughs> like, who's the Beast in his version of Beauty and the wow. Beast? Huh.
0: Leia Sadeau from... Uh, Lea Sado
1: plays Belle.
0: From the last two Bond movies. But,
1: I have not uh, seen this adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, and I kind of want to now.
0: Yeah, because she was Inspector, and she's in No Time to Die. But yeah, like this is the weird thing with him because like this movie, I didn't see this movie until like 2003 Mm -hmm. because I don't, I think it came out in the UK in like the October, so it came out in France 31st of January 2001, it came out in the UK on October the 19th, 2001, but I didn't really hear about it until I started working at Virgin Megastore which was like December 2003, Mm -hmm. so I was about two years behind hearing about this movie and it was at that time when I was really into, like, foreign films and, like, mm-hmm. extreme films. And somebody just recommended it to me. So I bought it on DVD.
1: See, it's really interesting, though, because to say how good this film is... And it's a really long film. Yeah. I will put that out there for anyone who, who is, hasn't watched it. Is is listening to the episode. It's a really long film. I'm so surprised that he hasn't done more.
0: Yeah. And it might. the thing is, it might be personal choice, because... Everything that he's done has kind of been like well received yeah. for the most part. I mean, like as we were saying about Silent Hill, like Silent Hill was kind of well received Silent- for the most part. So
1: Silent Hill is one of the only horror films I'd willingly watched myself um years and years and years ago now. I think not too long after mm-hmm. it came out. And That has the same feeling as this movie. It's fucking stunning. And it is a really... It's terrifying, don't get me wrong. My poor little heart barely took it. But it's a beautiful film. It's an amazingly well-made film.
0: There is an awesome scene in that film where Pyramid Head turns up and he rips a dude's skin off and throws at him. And then somebody gave
1: the second film to somebody else and let them cast...
0: know who made the second one it was michael bassett who directed the solomon kane film
1: never seen it so
0: so he made solomon kane which came out in 2009 which is a character created by the same guy who created conan and red Mm sonia uh he directed that that movie was a moderate success Mm -hmm. but it kind of ultimately flopped and then much like this movie found a life on, like, word of mouth and home video, and then he got given Silent Hill in, like, 2012, 2013? Yeah, cuz so there's, like, a that. really long gap between the Silent Hill movies. Because
1: it was... It's what's his face in it, isn't it? Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington, yeah. I'm scared of going up north to Silent Hill. Mm. Mm. There's creatures up there. But, yeah, the so we're not talking about that, though. We're talking about Brotherhood of the Wolf. Which, it's not the film, so I've never seen this movie before tonight, and it is not the film I expected to watch when we started watching
0: it. Yeah, because I've not seen it since I first saw it. So I've not seen it in about 18, 19 years. Um, And I remember when we did our foreign language horror 5x5 about seven or eight months ago, Mm -hmm. it was one of the movies that I brought up on my list. Because it's one of those movies, it's like, you know what it's like. It's one of those movies that like, you'll see once and then
1: It's like wormed into your brain. Yeah.
0: But you also you also kind of almost it's one of those movies that's so like I don't want to say it's niche, but it's such a like cult movie that you'll buy it because somebody recommended it, you'll watch it, so you can get into the conversation. And then you kind of just forget that you own it or you forget that you've seen it. Yeah. Because it, it's not One that people bring up in conversation very regularly. It's It's also not
1: a film you'd sit and watch an evening randomly.
0: Yeah, and but I will say one thing, Shout Factory, who do amazing Blu-rays and amazing collector's editions. They released a twentieth anniversary Blu-ray for it last year Mm. and it's got the director's cut on it and it's all fully restored. Mm. So I'd be very like, the thing is, I say that it's fully restored, but consider like other than a couple of effect shots you would not think that this movie was twenty-one years old.
1: No, no, no. no. Outside of the, I'm not gonna lie. God, awful CGI beast.
0: Mm-hmm. But even then, that's used sparingly. Like the only use, they only really use the beast effects of the like CGI kind a few times in the movie.
1: Yeah, but there's some long shot mm-hmm. sequences with that CGI beast, yeah. and it is fucking horrific. But it can't be held against the film because it is a time period specific thing. Yeah, CGI I mean, wasn't great back then.
0: It's a two thousand and one film made on a small budget. I am I am genuinely impressed though for a largely French production with a small budget that they were able to get Jim Henson uh, to do the creature um, effects.
1: So budget wise, it had twenty nine million to it. Yeah. So, yeah. not a great budget. Let's be honest. But not fully horrific, like, the perfectly reasonable budget. I think my favourite thing about this film, though, is that it's based on a real thing.
0: Yeah, so there's, like, a real legend of, like, something that happens. Yeah, in...
1: so the Beast of Gévaudin.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, it was a real thing. So it actually happened in between the sixty four and sixty seven, seventeen sixty four and seventeen mm-hmm. sixty seven, wanna be very clear. Uh it there was a, around about a hundred deaths that were all attributed to a wolf like creature that prowled uh Javadan. So that's, There you go. Fun that's... fun news for everybody. Also the so the the beastmaster mm-hmm. the old guy whose uh works and looks after the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, he's based on a real person who was killed by the Beast of Cheval
0: Nice. From See, Thackfield. one one thing I did want to say actually, and like we'll get into like a little uh, a lot more of the aspects of this film in a moment. But what did you think about watching? Because like this is for for all of the things that this matches up. It is mm-hmm. a martial arts movie. Mm-hmm. It is like a historical,
1: a historical drama, drama,
0: and it is a horror film.
1: It is, yeah.
0: What did you think of like watching a horror movie set? In A France and yes. B this time period, because the thing is, so, we're so conditioned as audiences to watch kind of like modern horror movies. So I
1: like a Victorian horror.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if you give me, if you if you sat me down and went, we're going to watch a horror movie about a serial killer in the 1600s in London, I'd be like, bang on, put it on me. Watch Jack Ripper. Front. Yeah,
0: we're going to do that in a few months.
1: I know we are, but do you know what I mean? Like you could give me anything, and you're like, it's set during the 1600s. They're going to be wearing the pretty dresses and the funny high boots, and mm. I'll be like, sorted, bang it on, mate, well into it.
0: As the great man himself says, me- men will say that I gave birth to the 21st century.
1: i mm-hmm. um, no I, I just love- realised
0: I referred to the Ripper as a great man.
1: <laughs> you did. <laughs> and I didn't even acknowledge it. I was just like, mm-hmm. whoops. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, is so I like period dramas, I like period things in general, because I'm always amazed by the costuming. Yeah. And I like a fancy dress. And I'm never... Like, I would love to have a reason to wear kind of like a 16th century Mm -hmm. Marie Antoinette dress, but I'm never going to have a reason to wear one. Mm -hmm. So I live vicariously through watching people wear them in films.
0: Yeah. So I'm never going to get to wear one. It's a really, really big...
1: Big thing in my life. No, I love love period um, films, so... (laughs) Period horror film for me is perfectly... I think as well, like,
0: the region of France that this is set in and the time period it's set in lends really well to the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. Because, like, it's set in, like, it's not set in, like, Paris or, like... Well, because
1: I'm not entirely sure how far it is from Paris. I'm assuming, like, a couple of days horse ride.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because it seems to take them a while to get places. But
0: what I mean is, like, it's not set in anywhere with any, like, mod cons, really. No, it's like it's a rural... Like,
1: it's a rural...
0: Yeah, it's like a village, which is kind of nice. And then, obviously, the fact that everyone at that time was, like, super sceptical. Everybody was, like, a fucking sorcerer or a witch or, Yeah, like, if, you,
1: if you had any kind... If you did, like, anything that was out of the norm, you were definitely a witch.
0: And everyone is a bit xenophobic and a bit racist.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: which is fucking weird, Like, that's the one thing I find weird about, like, historical films.
1: Thing is, though, is it... I kind of like that they don't... Because some films, especially modern adaptations of, like, things set in period times, they will avoid...
0: The language. The language
1: or anything like that. And this film is a... At the end of the day, although it is a horror film, it's a historical drama. Yeah. And that is the kind of language that would be used. So I kind of... Prefer that they keep it like historically accurate. Yeah. But also, I'm a white woman, so. <sighs> yeah. My opinion is kind of invalid on it. But, yeah, no, I like that they kind of stuck with the period specific language. And also, just another side effect aside from Manny, side effect, <laughs> side note aside from Manny, all of the characters actually existed.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask that actually. They're
1: all real I people. I was going
0: to say are they like composites or are they actually Look, they're like all every... real people? And they were all there at the time when this was allegedly so, happening. So no,
1: they're not I don't think they were all present
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the um in Givaudan when it happened, but they are all based on real people. Yeah. So they're all actual legit people. Nice. <laughs> Which I love. I'm really I'm really into the fact that they went just let's make them real people, and everyone. Yeah, fine. Fuck it. I'm into it. I like. Um, I think my favorite character though is the um, the Marquis, Thomas. He's fucking adorable. He has a really sad ending as well.
0: <laughs> there are some really interesting characters in this movie, and like. I think I think a movie like this kind of lives because like the premise is the premise. Like you kind of go into this movie thinking, sick, it's going to be a werewolf movie. It's kind of a bit of a mystery because they're trying to figure out who the werewolf is.
1: Yeah, you do think it's going to be like a werewolf film. Like, who's the werewolf? Who is
0: it? And they're all like, viva la revolution. And it's like... Well,
1: no, because so, so I didn't realise until we hit the end of this film it that doesn't... the movie's not actually set during the revolution. It is set pre-revolution. Yeah, it's
0: a to the revolution. The
1: beginning and end of the film, though, are set during the revolution.
0: Yeah, the bookends of the film.
1: Oh, no, you're right. So, yeah, um, not Thomas, but John Joseph de to um took the lead in The Hunt of the Beasts of Javadon. I don't know if Thomas is real, but uh, his dad is real.
0: Yeah, I kind of did wonder, like, when they say it's based on, I was like, did they just take the central idea of here is the time period, here are some of these characters that may or may not have existed, but these are fictional characters based on the characters, and here's, like, the the film. Yeah, there you go. Or whether they actually went, yeah... So that's that's kind of cool, though, that they kept kind of at least some of the history correct.
1: Jean Joseph de Chateauneuf d'On Marquis de
0: Yeah, which I think is quite cool.
1: Like this is all in French. I can't read any of what it. I says mean, it, it's in French, Wiki, like, but
0: in fairness, I don't think they needed to do any of that. They didn't need to keep any of the characters in because the movie, the movie, as much as it is about the characters, it's not. It's not really about the characters. It's about the mystery and. Like, the power and the corruption and, like, the the warring, almost warring sides inside of this, like, village. Mm. And, like, you've got, like, the poor people. Wow. Well, what a class is the poor outsiders who ultimately end up being the titular brotherhood of the wolf. Then you've got, like, the aristocracy and then you've got Manny and France. What's his name? Sorry. Is it France? France.
1: Francois? No. It's not Francois. Is it Francois?
0: Whoever the other guy is. Oh
1: my God, my, his name has gone from my head. Franzak. Franzak. Franzak.
0: <laughs> Who are like just these two like outliers that just r- like randomly stumble into this town. Like no one, no know- like they round up some people at the beginning and then they kind of like take them almost like, kind of like the movie almost at the beginning plays them as bounty hunters, I guess, yeah. kind of. They're like these just mysterious dudes who just roll up and they just capture a bunch of people and take them to the town.
1: Yeah. So I don't think they have a proper page for the actual Beast of Giverdon mm-hmm. on English wiki. If you go to the French Wikipedia, they do. Mm-hmm. And it like a lot of the character names do appear in here. So Jean-Francois uh, de Moranges is in here. So most of the characters who are in this film are based on people mm-hmm. who were legit there during the hunt for the beast. Which is really cool. Also, one of the theories of the actual real life beast is that it was a lion. Mm. Which I'm like, bro. Yeah, wolf, many wolves, lion, a lupine-like creature. No one seems to know what it actually is. You can go on. Sorry, I was just really intrigued by the French Wikipedia for it. I
0: was just waiting for you to like provide me with some answers, (laughs) but like,
1: on what? Sorry. (laughs)
0: Like, what we were saying about, like, how the movie works without it being based on real people. Like, you can kind of have... You can take a film like this and you can have the characters in it, but yeah. I don't... The, the film, as I was saying, the film isn't about the people and no, the it's real not story about so the... much as, like, it's about what's going on in this village and how the obviously the rich people are trying to control the warring sides of like there's the people that are like on the verge of the revolution there's the outsiders. So
1: I don't I don't think that any of this is really based around the revolution of what's happening in the village at the time so it seems to be it's more of a war between there's not really an ongoing war in all honesty because everybody seems to be involved in the beast except for those who aren't who are the people who are getting picked off and it seems to be anyone who's remains loyal to the crown
0: yeah and the thing is like i kind of feel like i was in two minds when i was watching it about like the the whole situation with the brotherhood of the wolf because you see them like they're like this like kind of traveler gypsy outlier group of people that. Until you get further into the film, you don't really know who they are or what they're there for. Yeah, it's you just... don't get a
1: name for them until, like, an hour and a half into yeah. the
0: movie. And it kind of seems like they are potentially, like, the royal... I don't, I don't want to say royal family, but, like, the aristocra- aristocracy's kind of, like, fall guys of, like, if this goes tits up and we get found we out... We can, We can blame these guys. Because they clearly are this, like... The, the followers of, like... They are people who... I, I think some of them are aware of who is doing what. Like I think in, they all are. But like, they are kind of, like, they are just followers of the creature. Of like, they so, worship the idea of the yeah, creature so and what Yeah, basically the, does.
1: the whole plan behind it is that they're going to, they're using the beast to kind of create this fear. And they're saying that the beast is sent by God to take out the king because he's no longer loyal to God. Mm-hmm. Because there's the book that's been written that keeps appearing. You see it numerous times throughout the film, and I don't know. They're planning on terrifying the king. I don't know if they're planning to kill the king with the beast at some point.
0: Yeah, like I would imagine that's the ultimate plan. I don't know if it is or if it's just throne. to
1: kind of put the fear of God so he'll return back to the church. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, a big part of the revolution was that Louis the Sixteenth kind of turned. Is, is Louis the Sixteenth? Yeah. Revolution? Is
0: he the man in the iron mask, motherfucker? was that
1: louis the, 14? no, it's louis the 14th because that's that's setting during um that's the musketeers so yeah it's louis louis the 15th because so he's the guy before dies. this yeah i think so okay. i can't remember which louis it is during musketeer period but it's not him because he's married to anne of austria mm-hmm. not Marie Antoinette.
0: okay
1: that's the only reason i know they're two different people is because they have different wives
0: i mean that's fair i
1: think it's louis the fifth Fourteenth is Musketeers, and then it's his son who is during the man in masks. I'm pretty sure Louis dies.
0: But there are some kind of like parts of this film where you're like, the motivations are a little bit unclear. Um, because as you say, like, it could be that they are getting him to return to I the throne think, by putting the fear of God in him, I or think, they're planning to over, like, kill him and overthrow the throne. I
1: think part of it is that the translation isn't great in the English subtitles, because there were numerous times during the subtitles where they didn't actually translate anything. mm mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it was easy words, so like, no, they didn't translate, which I know means no, it's fine. But our uh, Chevalier, they didn't translate. Yeah. Uh, none of their names popped up half the time in the subtitles either they just skipped over subtitling their names in just so you know which is uh, which i only know because i figured out what their names were and i could hear them say and i was like i wasn't in the subtitles that's really strange
0: yeah it was the vaguest cliff notes versions
1: yeah the subtitles on the english translation are not great to be fair i'm half tempted to um get nick to watch this film and tell me how bad the subtitles are
0: yeah because i do feel like you kind of miss some of the character motivations by not having clear subtitles. Like, Mm. I don't think the fact that the film in French really makes a difference in terms of... Because there's, like, certain inflections and, like, body language and things that you can read, but I do think the subtitles are the basest, like...
1: So I know, I know for a fact that some of the subtitles are cut down quite a lot. So um, I think it's the very beginning uh, where they're talking about the revolution and the line is something along the lines of um the revolution had brought terror but the english sexual subtitles do not say that it's just like the revolution was coming and so i know full well that this translation is not great and they've skipped and i don't know if that's because they kind of assume that we British people wouldn't really know what happened during the French Revolution, yeah. maybe. Yeah,
0: and I do think it's which that... seems
1: weird because we are we a lot of we tend to study it in school. Like it's one of the things most schools study now. <laughs> and I do French
0: think Revolution. that is, to some degree, a detri- a detriment to the film because, as I say, you do kind of lose what's going on yeah. at certain points because you're not really sure, like what the in- the full intention of what the characters yeah. and stuff is. And the thing is, as well, with this movie where there's so many moving parts, there's a lot of like different factions, there's people moving in and out of factions, there's like different...
1: Well, there seems seems to be the two set factions. Three set factions. Mm. So there's the Brotherhood with um, Jean... Monkeys? Nope. The brother. Jean... Vincent Cassell's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll work. We will call him One-Armed Man from now on. With him. And then there is... Um, Manny and my God, why have I forgot his name yet? We've literally just done his name, uh, Fonzac, mm-hmm. with uh, the Marquis, and kind of they're like, I feel like they're kind of their own little faction because everyone else seems to be involved in it except yeah. for like these three, and then there's just the general villagers who don't really know what's going yeah. on. They're just being basically there's food for the monsters then there's the
0: weird subplot with fran scum fronzac fronzac
1: Should we just call him gregory will that be easy no
0: with fronzac where he's like kind of got a prostitute friend sylvia who he visits regularly and he's kind of like in and out with her but then he's also trying to sleep with marianne so he's kind of got this weird thing of like Sometimes I'm trying to shag this little blonde lady, sometimes I'm trying to shag this brunette lady. So I don't
1: know how kind of all of that worked back then, because the thing is, is so Marion seems pissed off. So Marion finds out that he's been seeing Sylvie. Mm -hmm. She seems more pissed off when she finds the, portrait of her and yeah. she thinks that he has feelings for sylvie mm-hmm. over the fact that he's obviously sleeping with a prostitute yeah. like that doesn't seem to bother her as much as she thinks that she has that he has feelings for sylvie because when sylvie meets sees, sylvia sees her in the church she says he's only ever loved one one woman it's your name he would say while he sleeps mm-hmm. and then she seems to forgive him for seeing a prostitute so I think it's not so much the fact he's banging her; it's mm-hmm. the fact that she thinks he has feelings for
0: her. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I, I, like, yeah, I don't
1: know how how brothels and stuff works during.
0: I, like, I don't know again if it's down to the translation or if it's just the way that the movie wants you to think. But there like seems to be some kind of like I could be way off base with this. Mm. They seem to hint that fucking Vincent Cassell's character is like supernaturally imbued as well. Like him. And the beast are kind of, like, tied supernaturally, maybe? No,
1: so I think...
0: Which is why he's got a fucked up arm.
1: No, so basically he was attacked by a lion, that's what fucked his arm up. Mm-hmm. But he brought a lion back with him from Africa, and then he trained one of the cubs. Right. They like basically tortured it into doing his bid his bidding. And it answers to the whistle yeah, that yeah. he has. They're not supernaturally linked. I think it's just they don't make it exceptionally clear. It's literally like three lines yeah, at the end of the film he, where they explain.
0: It was more the scene when he's like talking to his sister when he reveals that he's got the fucked up arm and he's all like, it was you that brought me back. And like, they kind of hint that those two are like tied together. Because like, that's what I said at the end. Like yeah. when like, when he kills him, he's like, we'll be united. And I'm like, is that so because they're like no. linked or so something?
1: Basically, she's the one who nursed him back to health when he came back from mm-hmm. Africa. That's why he's obsessed with her.
0: In, in, a, in a wrong and way. In a
1: wrong and way. Um, the beast doesn't attack her because she smells like him. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they share the same blood. Yeah. So that's why the beast doesn't attack her. And then the reason he says the line at the end is so literally maybe like 10 minutes earlier in the, see- in the film, he assaults and I'm assuming attempts to kill Marianne. Yeah. Uh, because literally the next scene we see her is the two doctors coming into the mm-hmm. room and they're like checking for a pulse. So what my assumption is that he thinks that he's already killed Marianne so they'll yeah. be reunited in the afterlife. Yeah. See, Obviously again, don't work pole, out for him, but fuck you bro. That
0: like all sort of stuff doesn't make sense because like that scene where he's like revealing himself to her. I was, quite, mm. I was like, what is he trying to imply here? That he's got like some kind of like fucking supernatural strength or some shit. Which would make sense like with a werewolf movie. Like for yeah. him to be kind of like... But it's
1: not a werewolf film.
0: No, it, well, it isn't. It isn't. Mm,
1: um, it's not really. Like
0: this, there's there's one dumb decision. There's one dumb thing in this movie that really, yeah. really, 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 really pisses me off. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I just, I just think, I just think it's hunt cunts. I think the fucking people in this movie just wanted an excuse to hunt animals mm-hmm. because there's a there's a whole there's a there's a sequence where they find the dead woman. And it's all a bit sleepy, hollow, and he's measuring up the fucking bite in her body and stuff. And he says, like, this is a sketch of what we think the the animal, which they the keep referring to, like... which they keep referring to as a woman, which is fucking yeah. weird as well. Um, and then well, I don't
1: know if that's maybe just a translation error.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna come back to that later on though. Uh-huh. Um, and like, they have a drawing of it, and it looks like a fucking fucked up porcupine. Yeah, and then. Like two, maybe two scenes later, they are on this hunt, shooting all the wolves. So, the- hoping that the beast is among these wolves. And I'm like, none of those wolves Thing are is big enough so or fucked up enough. They're, so- just, they're just regular ass wolves. So basically, I think
1: all it is, is that none of them believe that, because obviously it's a child who gives the description. Yeah. I think they all think the kid's exaggerating. And they're all like, it's obviously a werewolf. It's a werewolf, guys. Werewolf. And they're all like, well, we kill all the wolves. Bang in. We'll we'll do that. Also, like, wolves would have been murdering a lot of people back then anyway. I mean. Because a lot of the the peasantry would have died to wolf attacks. But I'm just saying,
0: a werewolf would be, like, bigger.
1: We don't know that. Have you ever seen a werewolf? Do you actually know what a
0: werewolf looks like? No, but every description of werewolf ever shows that they are slightly different in size and stature to a regular ass-wolf.
1: That might, not, that might be exactly why, babe. We don't think werewolves exist in the real world. is because they're actually just wolves.
0: Maybe. I just thought that scene was unnecessary. I did not need to see them killing all the I wolves.
1: think it was. But also, it does lead into a point, because I was really confused, because they don't explain this at any point, as to why Manny was so bothered by them killing the wolves mm. they don't explain until after the scene and then they never actually address the fact that he is oh has a wolf spirit
0: yeah i guess he has a wolf spirit like a wolf spirit yeah they never they never mention what his spirit they make they make a whole thing about spirit animals yeah but they never wolf. actually
1: mention what his is and i'm assuming it's a wolf because wolves become an int- yeah. intre- integral part of his story yeah but they never actually tell you that and up until that point, like when he he's like being weird about the wolves, we don't even know why he's being weird about the wolves. Yeah,
0: and to like kind of to to be like to use the appropriate term, they say that it's like a totem, don't they? A
1: totem. That's the Which word I think I was is the for.
0: appropriate term to use. But-, but
1: one thing I did love actually was so um, Mark De cascas researched Native American tribes
0: because
1: mm-hmm. he's supposed to be Apache. No,
0: no Iroquois.
1: Iroquois.
0: Yeah. Sorry if so, that's the wrong pronunciation. Yeah, I
1: don't. I have no idea. It's the, that's
0: Iroquois, the Iroquois. Iroquois, all right. But I think it, it, they said he's from.
1: But I know he did a research into like the actual tribes for his part. Um, oh no, sorry. He's a Mohawk. He's a Mohawk Indian. Yeah,
0: but they he's say children, he's, Iro- he, he can't. He's,
1: Iroquois, I can't pronounce Iroquois tribe. Iroquois tribe. I think that's what his tribe was mm-hmm. called. But he's a Mohawk Indian, mm-hmm. um, and he did. He did research into. He studied the culture. He also became fluent in French and learned how to ride a horse. Because
0: there's a scene that's cut out of the movie where a raven helps him find the body of a shepherdess. So they actually had more scenes in the movies where like animals are helping him do shit, hmm. which I think they cut out. because
1: yeah, you know we never find like because we see the shepherdess die, but we never we never find out what.
0: Yeah, no I one think,
1: ever goes and finds her body.
0: <laughs> I think I think that, that scene would have been prior to them finding her down by the thing because like they pluck all the dead ravens away from her body. So I imagine like. That scene of him with oh, the raven. Oh, I thought
1: you meant the shepherdess, the
0: one that dies later on in the on the film. Maybe, but i the dog. Like, I kind of assumed that the, either that woman or the woman that had all the dead crows and ravens around her. It, it would have been between, be, before one of those scenes. Mm. Um, but yeah, like he, I, he's a, he's a fascinating character in this. Um, like, he doesn't get a huge amount to do, but like I like the way that he um, he brings a sense of like spiritualism and like almost grounding to the sort of film. So
1: hi- between in this film, him and and um, Sylvia are my two favourite characters because both of them are sassy mm-hmm. and I love that. I love it so much. And there's a great scene and I made a point of it when, um, when we were watching the movie and I'm making a point of it now when they're in the brothel and all of the girls are refusing to sleep with him. And the one girl is like, so you're a sorcerer. And he literally, just so he's sat, I'm assuming, naked. He literally just whips the cover off himself. And I'm assuming he has a massive dong. Because she looks very happy Jesus. with the fact that she's the one who's going to have to sleep with him.
0: Yeah.
1: And he literally, like, that's it. There's not, like, there's no other thing... In this scene at all, literally, it's all of them going, oh, well, we can't sleep with him, he's a sorcerer. One girl goes, well, I'll do it, I like his tattoos. Then oh, no, they also... Wipes the blanket they, off. they also
0: say it's because he's a redskin and an Indian. Like, that's why some of them refuse to sleep with him.
1: Yeah. But I think the main racism. issue is is that he was a sorcerer for a lot of the girls. Except that one girl who's like, I like his <laughs> tattoos, I'll Well, will do because,
0: it. It's because the one girl says that she saw his snakes move.
1: I'm assuming the are, tattoos. Yeah,
0: which is fucking bonkers
1: yeah
0: but like also
1: none of his tattoos are
0: snakes i want to be very clear on that he does not have a snake tattoo. no he does not but he he's a fascinating <laughs> character in this And like the thing with mark tukaskis is mark tukaskis is a fucking great actor and he like he hardly pops up in anything so he's done some big budget movies he's in cradle to the grave which is the jet lee and dmx one mm. he's in john wick three he's in one of the expendables movies And he played Eric Draven in the Crow TV series, the Uh Crow Stairway to Heaven, which is quite cool because him and Brandon Lee were childhood friends because our mums were friends. So he's one of those actors. He does like a lot of like direct to DVD stuff, but he does a lot of like fight movies. So like martial arts movies or like movies with extensive fight sequences in because he's a trained martial artist. That's why people hire him. But I think this movie is really interesting because he gets to do something... Like, he does do martial arts in this. Like there, He gets to be in a couple of cool fight sequences. But he... It's interesting to see a character like him, like the character he plays, put into a setting like this because of the way that the French aristocracy view him as, like, a sorcerer or a demon or a Satanist or, like, a savage at one point, I think they call him. Mm-hmm. And they think he's a cannibal... Because of like the the racism between like how they view the Indian tribes at that time, but he's also the one that brings the kind of like gravity to the fa- fact of like actually this could be a legit wolf doing this, and here's the reasons why
1: mm. thing is though is I think I don't talking about like obviously the racism towards his character. I think part of it is because a lot of French would have not been to the Americas at this point. So, basically, it's word of mouth. It's whispered rumours of, like... Yeah, it's like... It's oh, like this the is whole... what the Native Americans were like. Because I don't forget, as well, at this point in time, a lot of um, British ships were going over there and wholesale massacring
0: well, yeah, this with the Native been... Americans. <clears throat> this would have been around the time that Pogarnas happened. Mm-hmm. Like... And I say that, don't... like People are going to be like, that's a fucking Disney... Well, no, Pogarnas was a real person. Yeah, Like, that... The discovery of the new world, as it were, um, well, happened
1: it, at that the time. The thing is, though, there's a funny one, because Pogo Hunters is a real person, but it's really funny, because if you watch the film and you watch the sequel, a lot of the story seems to be pulled more from the story of Sacagawea,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is quite strange, one just of as the, a side note.
0: One of the coolest things I've ever done in my life is I've seen the statue of her at her gravesite. What,
1: Sacagawea? No. Pocahontas. Uh, Pocahontas.
0: Yeah, she's bo- uh, she was buried in Gravesend in Kent, which is not yeah. a huge amount of distance away from where I was born. And we went on a day trip and we saw the big... I may have my over. stories mixed up at this
1: point.
0: But she was she was It's been fucking... a long
1: time since I've done any of that. No of history.
0: Yeah, she came to England and she settled... Uh, with I think it's I don't know if his name actually was John but with, Smith with the, man with who the guy John who John Smith, Smith, Smith is based on and uh, well yeah, we, we
1: I don't we we'll we'll say she came over here and settled I don't know how
0: willingly she did so yeah but like that's that's kind of what happened but it's interesting to see like going back to this this, this yeah. story it's an interesting to see and the, the great thing I love about his character is it's not only his his character and what he does it's the influence that he has on. His partner as well. Mm. And then when he ultimately gets killed trying to tap track the beast and the Brotherhood to kill him.
1: That scene made me really sad.
0: Um, it's what Fron Fronzak does mm. in terms of like he goes full Native American as well. In terms of like, he puts on like the war paint and he kind of like.
1: I feel.
0: Ode to his friend. I don't know
1: if it's so much that, or it's that he. It's more of a. He's doing it to. Because a lot of it comes across as more of like um, camouflage. Mm -hmm. Because he's in the dark a lot. So him having the dark, like. The dark pain everywhere would make sense, but I think also it's to terrify them a little bit.
0: Yeah, but it's all. It, it, I feel. I feel like it does also come across as in like tribute to like a fallen brother. And, yeah. like because he refers to him as his brother. Because, yeah, because
1: that's the that, that's the really interesting thing about the two main characters. Both uh,
0: fronzak. Franzak and Manny,
1: Franzak and Manny. Is that for all of the kind of bullshit that everyone kind of keeps harping on about how he's, you know, a savage or a cannibal or whatever. Fonz always like, so there, just going like, now nah, he's my brother, mate." He's yeah, chill.
0: He's, he's like, I learned all of these things from him. Yeah, he's almost kind of like at some points like a translator for him because where he doesn't say, where Manny doesn't say a lot, he um, he, unless he's he, sassing people. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> he kind of speaks for him, but he never he never speaks in in he it never comes across as like this is a white man white man explaining like native culture he always takes it seriously and explains verbatim like this is what he believes this Mm. is what
1: but one thing that is interesting in the play on the two characters is there is a scene you are right it's just when they start talking about totems where he refers to manny as his brother but he never defends manny against anything they say no ever he will correct them but he never ever ever defends him
0: no, And he's, he
1: also just seems like Manny's just like, fucking white people. Like He does not care. He's just like, yeah. fucking white I people.
0: I noticed man. that. He never kind of goes against what the people are saying. But I'm also like, because he knows that his boy's going to whoop that ass if like, they he get out. He going to whoop that ass. So like, I think that's kind of also, he's like, I'm not here to defend him. I'm just here to kind of help you try and understand him.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm assuming as well that like, Manny taught him to fight. Because in his fight sequence later on in the film... He has quite a similar fighting style to Manny.
0: Yeah, like this is this is one thing I would love to know because he says that basically Pox wiped out Manny's tribe and mm-hmm. he was like the last one that was left. And when he went into New France, the guy, like they basically, whoever it was that they were fighting against, the Americans, I think, essentially left Fran- Fronzac for dead. And that was when Manny found him. Mm. So I would kind of like to know how long ago that was. I'd like to know how long they've been friends. And like how long they've been living together and training together and all this sort of stuff.
1: I think from how they speak to about each other and to each other, it's been a very long time.
0: Yeah, I would assume so. And there's kind of a little bit of like...
1: Because it's kind of implied that um, when they met, Franzak was supposed to be a student who'd end up ended up getting pulled into the war. Yeah. So probably a good like 10, 15 or so years ago. Yeah.
0: And I feel like he's um, brought, brought him into his culture quite a bit um, and kind of tried to teach him his ways. It's a bit Dances with Wolves kind of sort of situation of, I have no family left. Like, so I'm going to, like, teach you how to... Well, I
1: think that's the thing, because we never hear Fronzak speak of any family at all. So it does kind of seem like it's literally just him and Manny. Like, they're all... that each other has. Yeah. That's it. It's just the two of them.
0: Yeah, and it's re- it's a really interesting... Like, it's one of those things, like, it's, it's such a, a, a world... And, like, this is an interesting thing, like, and this is one of the things that I love about, like, foreign cinema in comparison to, like, English and American cinema, is it always seems like movies in France, Germany, Asia, are always a little bit longer because they try to really put the character work Yeah, in. they really like, do the put the work... pace
1: into character work on this. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I love, I love the character of Manny, and I also love that, so there's, there's basically five characters in this film you're supposed to actually root for. Fronzac, Manny, the Marquis, Sylvia, the and... Beast. No. Um oh, what's her name? Marianne. Marianne.
0: I don't know, man. I wanted that beast to chomp a few people. Um. Like, there's a few people in this movie that should have oh, got yeah. fucked up by the beast.
1: But, so, if you look at all five of those characters, like, the Marquis treats Manny as just a friend. Mm-hmm. Sylvie and um, Marianne never really interact with him, but they also never say anything against him when they do happen to... Well, Marianne more so, and she happens to interact with him. But everyone else is, like, a little bit of a racist cunt towards him, mm-hmm. let's be honest. So I do find it interesting that they kind of, the, the good characters are the ones who kind of treat him with a semblance of respect. Mm. Apart from um, Sylvie, because she never actually interacts with him at any point.
0: No. But like, what do you think, like, I mean, we've talked quite a lot about the, the time period and the characters. What do you think about the horror aspect of this movie?
1: It's a weird one, because like, there are definitely horror aspects there. There's, there's like, there's set horror shots as well, especially during a lot of the scenes when the beast is attacking and you can't see
0: it. Yeah, they do the evil dead. They
1: do the evil dead shot. quite a bit. But it, it's really weird, because you don't tend to notice the horror elements so much until you're looking back on the film. Because you're... This is the thing about this movie, is it really drags you into the story. Yeah. Like, you end up really, like, involved in what is happening with the characters. So I didn't really notice the horror until I looked back at it, and I was like, oh yeah, there's like that there's that shot there that's like quite a Evil Dead related. Like, a lot of the shots where the beast's attacking. But it's not a lot of horror, I would say, personally.
0: No. The thing the thing I find I find fascinating about this is it obviously is a horror movie because it's dealing with like the idea until you get the revelation of what the creature actually is, it's dealing with this idea of like a werewolf and who the werewolf is mm. and it is a creature movie essentially. Um but what the thing the thing that I love about the movie is it obviously has the horror elements to it, but it's never gratuitous. Mm. It's kind of like a lot of the horror is like the impending fear of like when the monster shows up, and when it's going to show up, and where it's going to show up. Do
1: you know one interesting thing, actually, to talk about? Um, because, obviously, we talk about how it's a werewolf film, and I'm pretty sure at one point, at no point in this film do they ever re- refer to the creature as a werewolf. No. Ever. It's always the beast, or she. Mm-hmm. Also, they. so I don't think we're ever supposed to think it's a werewolf, because at no point are they trying to figure out who is the werewolf.
0: Yeah, like... It's an interesting one because you would think on the surface this would be a werewolf movie Mm -hmm. because they want to know what the beast is, where the beast came from, Mm -hmm. like all that sort of shit. Um, And obviously, the the savagery of the beast attacks would kind of imply a werewolf. Mm. Um, And especially, like, the sketch of it when they show it with, like, the fucked up spines and all that sort of stuff. But, like, you are right. They never mention the the name werewolf or they never mention, like,. like looking for actively looking for someone, which I feel like if this movie ever got remade for an American audience, that's exactly what they would make it.
1: oh yeah, it would be like, a werewolf it would be a
0: werewolf movie through and through, but it is interesting when you look at like the attacks in this movie because the thing is, like you say, you get very, very engrossed in the in the story of like what's going on and like the idea of the beast and the thing is i I personally fall on the side of the fact that like. They never needed to show the beast attacking anybody. No, um, there are a couple of scenes in this movie where you do see the beast attack people. The first one, when the woman gets attacked at the beginning, <laughs> reminds me so much of Shannon—not Shannon—Elizabeth uh, Berkeley's performance when she's fucking what's his name in the swimming pool in, in fucking Showgirls. <laughs> the woman looks like she's having a seizure. It's it's ridiculous. But again, who's to say what would actually happen if that was mm. was really happening? And then there's the woman in the ditch with the dog. Yeah. But I feel like this movie would have been way more effective if they never showed the beast mm-hmm. and you just show the after effects. Because then the movie plays in a different way. Because it plays in a way of like, what if there isn't actually a beast? What if the people in this town and this place are doing it to each other have become so paranoid? That they actually, and it's that kind of like unraveling and that like sense of mistrust, which would have made an already an already interesting film even more interesting, mm. because you have something that is a creation of the mind rather yeah. than something that is tangible.
1: Thing is, is I, I like I I think that'd be far less interesting, in all honesty. But I feel like you could have done without showing the beast until the very end, and I was only getting glimmers and glimpses of it. I don't think we needed to ever fully see the beast in its whole animated
0: glory. The thing is, though, you didn't even, they didn't even need to be a beast. You just have, you have the same story, but you have know, the brotherhood of the wolf. I know, I know, I know what you're saying, the...
1: but I like the idea of there actually being a beast. Mm. Like, I like that. I, I wouldn't want to watch a film where there's
0: no actual beast. I was I went into an of a beast. Because that would have been like, but then there are parts of this film where I'm like, I'm sat there watching this movie and I'm like... Red cloaks, beast that is killing people, trying to, like, put the fear of God in people, trying to keep people in one place. I'm like...
1: Is this the village?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I was going to say. Also, the
1: spiked back over the beast. Yeah, I was
0: like, did Shyamalan watch this movie? And just go, fuck yeah, man. I'm going to take this part, this part, and this part, and I'm going to write a mediocre movie about all of these bits. Because, yeah, there are, like, certain parts, of it, and, like, especially, like, the cult bit towards the end, when they're, like, we are fucking evil people doing... In red
1: cloaks. ...evil shit. Well, at that point in the movie, I believe you referred to it as, a uh, French period hot fucking fuzz. hot fuzz.
0: Yeah, because they're doing it for the greater good. They like, are, uh,
1: they are, Collie. I was, like, I
0: literally was, like, surprise cult movie! Yeah, I like, this movie takes so many twists and turns. Like, you walk into this movie thinking, right... It's a French... Werewolf film. Revolutionary era, like, werewolf period movie. piece with a werewolf in it. And yeah, Mark Zafaski is going to kick someone in the face. went into this
1: film thinking, right, this is a werewolf film.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm about to sit and watch a werewolf film. And I was really confused. So there seemed to be no werewolf. <laughs> I was like, where is the werewolf? But I like that it's not a werewolf because it was so unanticipated. Yeah. I was like, I've been waiting for the werewolf. And they were like, like, bitch, there ain't minute, no werewolf.
0: Andrew Garfield's going to show yeah, up. Yeah, Andrew
1: Garfield's going to pop in. Um... That would have been hilarious. I'm just putting it out there. Um, But no, it's such a good film. Like, I... thing is, is I was watching it thinking, oh, like, we must be... The only problem with this film is because it's so deliberately paced. Mm -hmm. It sometimes feels a lot longer than it actually is. Yeah. So I think we got about an hour and a half into it, and I looked at my watch, and I was like, it's only been an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that we'd been, like, two hours in at this point. Yeah, and that's not a complaint I don't mind that it feels longer than it is because it spends a lot of time developing the characters and making sure that you understand what is happening and like you spend time because a lot of horror movies and like you like said a lot of Americanized horror movies it's kind of like here's people oh no they're all dying bye like that's it whereas this film it was like here is all the characters here is what their jobs are what their part of the story is like Who's nobility, who isn't nobility. Like, there's the plot line between Marianne and, um, Francois. Nope. Fronzac. Fronzac, thank you, babe. I don't know why, his name just will not stick. I could tell you he's called Gregory. (laughs) He's not. uh, Like, like the love story between those two, the side plot with Sylvie, which also did not see the plot twist with Sylvie coming. Hmm. Because Sylvia is a fucking spy. Yep. For the fucking Pope. Yep. Did not see that coming. I was like, because she... Well, so basically, when he's arrested, she poisons him, which she hints at earlier in the film as well, because she tells him the story about Italian women poisoning their husbands. Mm -hmm. And he says, do I need to be scared? And she's like, you're not my husband. And then she fucking poisons him, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. And then she's, she's not killed him. She's put him in a coma. She goes and digs up his body and you find out like she's actually a spy for the Pope who basically has sent her to come and find out what s- the priest is doing. I do yeah. what his name is. The priest is doing because they intercepted a letter and basically he's gone fucking mental. And I'm like, he has gone fucking mental, Sylvia. You are correct. Um, but I love her character. Also, I love her outfits in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The fucking costuming department did a bang-up job. Yeah. But yeah, that plot line did not see coming. She was actually a spy the whole time for the Italians. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. There were a few plot twists. Like at the end, so the end of this film, the the film ends on like a really sad note and then gives you a brief glimmer of happiness. And that's kind of it. Because the film opens with somebody telling the story of what happened. Yeah. And then you get to the end of the film and you find out that it's Thomas, the Marquis who you've spent the film with and kind of falling in love with his character, who is writing the story literally just before he's going to be executed during the revolution. Yeah. And it's really sad. I was like, oh my god, they're literally about to... Oh, they're going to kill him. Like, this is his, his like deathbed confession.
0: Yeah.
1: Before he gets his head chopped it, but, off.
0: This is my confession.
1: No. Um, and then you get a brief cover of Hope where you see um, Fonzac and... Marianne. Marianne on, on the boat. ship. they called on Brother, Ro- Which is called Brother Wolf, mm-hmm. which is named they're after Manny.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think it's safe to say that this movie is a lot. Yeah. Would you agree that the reason why this movie didn't find an audience... Because people, tr- people always try to say with foreign films that foreign films don't find worldwide audiences because they're, they're foreign. foreign. Yeah. Which is bullshit, because Train to Busan, and more recently, Squid Game has proven that if the material is good enough, people will sit through subtitles, or I guess... Or dubbing. Or dubbing. But I I think the reason why this movie didn't find its audience straight away is because this movie is like a million miles ahead of what everybody else is doing at the time so
1: I think that is the problem and I think that's why this film struggled to find its audience is because this film is I wouldn't say it's so far ahead but because it's such a deliberate film Mm -hmm. and it's very much like paced and it's quite slow A lot of people have been like, watched the first 20 minutes and gone, oh, this is fucking shit, and then told their friend it was fucking shit, and told their friend it was fucking shit. I think that's the problem. And I think that's the problem a lot of foreign films have with an Mm. American or an English audience is that we tend to like our movies fast-paced because we want nine minutes, bang, done, we're out of here. Yeah. Whereas if you have the patience for a longer movie, Mm. foreign cinema is great because... They are phenomenal films, but you have to have the patience to sit through a two and a half hour film with subtitles, probably referring to things that you're not fully going to understand yeah. because of cultural differences. But if you're willing to put, to put the time in and the effort, foreign films are always amazing. I, I, like- I, say, I say always. Every foreign film I have seen, I have thoroughly enjoyed. Some of them obviously are also trashy, <clears throat> but it's worth it.
0: See, I feel like if this movie was made now, it would be like an A twenty four movie and everybody and their dog would be raving about it. Yes. Like, in the same way that like and they're completely different films, but like you look at like this new era of horror, like what's known as air quotes elevated horror, Mm -hmm. because they don't they wanna they wanna praise horror movies but they don't wanna say This film would
1: fall into if it was made now would be an an elevated horror movie.
0: The Witch, The Lighthouse, Hereditary, Midsummer Green Room,
1: Green Night, yeah,
0: Green Room as well. Oh, I
1: haven't seen Green. Um, I didn't even know that was a film. Lamb. Oh yeah, Lamb. True.
0: Which apparently is Bonkolongos. I haven't seen it yet, but it would fall very much into that. I like Mother. Yeah. Like it would fall very much into like, that kind art of like, house, art house, house Like, A twenty four would have bought this, and they would have fucking had a field day with this movie. Um, and I feel like, and I
1: think that's the thing is, if this movie was made now, it would have a huge following. Yeah. But. It wasn't made now, and I think that I think that's what you're trying to say, isn't it? When you say this movie was really far ahead of its yeah. time,
0: yeah. Like it kind of was like because a movie like this. So to kind of scale it back a bit, in 2001 horror was like nowhere near where it should be now. Oh, I
1: don't even know what came out in oh, 2001.
0: 2001. I think Donnie Darko came out in 2001. <laughs> but then you look at look at the other stuff that was 21. like dragging around at that time. Things like we're like a year away from ghost ship coming out and we're on like
1: fucking so,
0: 2001
1: we had is this
0: horror or in general
1: horror jeepers creepers 13 ghosts jason x pulse valentine came out uh children of the corn revelations cradle of fear mm-hmm. the whole uh oh Suicide club came out the same year as this that nice. is a an- excellent for a movie if you don't mind foreign horror film if you don't mind gore too much elvira's haunted hills <laughs> jesus christ vampire hunter jesus christ i'm literally finding films i've never heard of and i'm like oh, i want to see all of these films uh also the others came out as well there was yeah. backbone
0: frailty which has got Frailty's really good
1: has it got who i think's in it
0: matthew mcgonaghy and bill paxton
1: I did not think it was either of those people. Looking at the cover, it looks kind of like it would be um, Stuart Townsend. That's
0: Matthew McConaughey. It
1: looks kind of like Stuart Townsend, though.
0: Because mm-hmm. if you look in that picture there, the colour one at the end, you can see it's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah,
1: but this one, it looks like Stuart Townsend. Yeah. So, For anyone who can't see what <clears> I'm pointing <throat> at, it's the frailty cover with just the half the face.
0: So, like, we're kind of in that weird transitional period where Scream's come out, like, 50,000... A Scary 000... Movie
1: 2 is just yeah, been
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, 50,000 slasher movies have come out. We're, like, two years away from, like, torture porn starting. So we're, like, a couple of years away from, like, Cabin Fever coming out, then the Saw movies coming out. We're in that weird transition. Which is really
1: interesting because at this point in, like, Japanese horror, it was a lot of torture porn
0: yeah it was also a lot of like the the, j yeah and like a lot of the J horror so you've already had at this point you've had films like audition you've had dark water you've had the ring you've had like itchy the killer more
1: more what i'm saying is it's funny that in the uk we were like three or four years away from torture porn Mm. horror whereas in like japan that had already come and gone and we've moved on to more stuff now it feels sometimes a little bit like england is really far behind the curve of where the rest of the world is at horror
0: so you kind of look at this movie. This movie, and I think that's the reason why it fell through the cracks, mm. is because it comes at the tail end of, like, the teen slasher revival cycle and then it's trapped in the middle before, like, this new wave of, like, before Rob Zombie came out, Alexander Arger, Eli Roth, like, all these guys, James Wan, that, like, kind of set, in motion the next phase of horror. Yeah.
1: But I do think it's quite interesting. I don't know if it is just purely because like English and American horror is kind of behind where the rest of the world yeah. is. And it's like, I don't want to say that like, we have a massive effect on the horror genre but it's quite a big market, like England and America is yeah, quite 100%. a big market for horror, mm-hmm. for films in general. And... I feel like that's where a lot of foreign films don't tend to work yeah. so well over here is because they're so far ahead of the fucking curve. We're trailing behind and going, oh, it's shit, no one will ever watch it. And then 10 years later in the UK, everyone is making a film like that in America yeah. because, oh, it's really hip and cool now. And I'm like, yeah, but it was hip and cool 10 years ago. And you said it was shit. Yeah. So... But I
0: feel, like, I feel like there's a lot of films like that that didn't catch on over here. Like, Donnie Darko is a prime example. I didn't hear about Donnie Darko in this country... Until the tail end of 2003. Oh. So, and it had already been out nearly two years by that point. Yeah. In, like, America. And it just didn't do anything. Mm. And then that Gary Jules song blew up and it kind of floated its way over yeah, here. And then that boy. film blew up. And it's kind of like...
1: I... Just, I know. I love Donnie Darko.
0: I think it's a good movie. It's a
1: great film. But, and I love the amount of people who I have had conversations with who've told me it's the worst film they've ever seen because it makes zero <laughs> sense. And I'm like, does it... Or were you just not paying attention? Yeah. Because it makes very clear sense if you're paying attention to the film. If you're doing something else, it's not going to make sense. You need to pay attention to it.
0: But like, I Definitely feel like that's why this movie suffered. And it's re- it was really heartening when the Shout Factory Blu-ray came out. I saw a lot of people on social media talking about buying it, how they'd been wanting it for a long time. It's just gone this month to shudder in like the US and Canada. So more people are going to be discovering it on home... It's not on streaming in the UK, but in all honesty, if you want this movie, you, you can pick it up You can get it on
1: Blu-ray in the yeah, UK, Yeah, but though. you we can, can pick, pick it up DVD on DVD for like two or easily. three pounds. But yeah, you can't really get it on Blu-ray I would
0: here. say, if you have a multi-region Blu-ray player... Yeah, the Shout. Sh- shell out the bucks and get the Shout Factory Blu-ray. But it's really nice to see a movie like this kind yeah. of getting its just desserts, because... The, see, I always feel like... I, I'm i going to try and like not be controversial when I say this. Like, it's fucking great that there's a new Scream movie coming out on Friday. Like, I am very excited for that. Uh-huh. Like, I love the fact that we have new Halloween movies every year. Like, I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing with those movies is... Those movies bring horror to a mainstream audience, and they make a lot of money, and they shine a lot on horror. But they don't necessarily bring people into the horror fold, because Mm -hmm. they are, by and large, products from, like, we're on Scream 5, we're on Halloween 12, we're on, like, blah, 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 all of these movies that, like, will put, because people know Ghostface or Michael Myers, they bring money in, because casual audiences will go and see them, but I feel like movies like Brotherhood of the Wolf, or movies like Hereditary, or movies like...
1: I see, scream, really... scream and Halloween bring, bring more people into mainstream horror. Yes. Which is not to say that any horror is mainstream and you shouldn't watch it because it's mainstream. Enjoy what you enjoy, but they'll bring in people who will watch more Halloween movies, they'll watch more Scream movies, yeah. they'll watch more Nightmare on Elm Street movies. They might go and see the new James Wan. Yeah, They might go and see the new Insidious film. But they movies. don't
0: do anything for yeah. the growth of the genre but as a whole. But you
1: won't... But that, that same person who's like, oh, I really enjoyed that, I'm going to go watch the new Conjuring movie, I'm going to go watch the new yeah. Insidious film, they won't then go and see the, you know, minimal budget art house horror movie that's just been released. That could be fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, you don't know. But they won't go and see it. They're not the people who will buy tickets
0: to go to Fright Fest. Yeah. And this is what I mean. This is why films like Brotherhood of the Wolf are so important. Because you show someone this, yeah. and then they go, oh, I like that. Maybe I'll watch Martyrs. That's mm-hmm. another French film. Or Inside. Or I'll watch Switchblade Romance. And then they go, oh, well, maybe I'll watch Audition. Maybe I'll watch... like." And it opens up this yeah. whole world of like... And I feel like that's why movies like this are so important to like the spread and survive and i love seeing movies like this This, on streaming services as well
1: films that has a very well deserved cult following yeah and i love that there are films worldwide and not just in the horror genre in every genre that will have this wonderful cult following this is a great example of it repo is another great example of a film with a cult following for anyone who doesn't know is one of my favorite films ever made of all time it was one of the first films me and you ever watched together as a couple.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: We did. We watched it on the phone. We were in the same room. <laughs> he was at his house. I was at my house. We watched it over the phone with each other, which was amazing. Um, But, like, they have this beautiful cult following, and I love that for a film. Pan's Labyrinth, which we, we did last week, has a massive cult following to it. Next week's one doesn't, because it's, like, just massively a popular film, but I'm mm. sure there is out there a, a group, a, a cult of it, who are like, this is the greatest film ever made, like... You're never gonna beat it, and I like that. I love that a lot of films. In fact, I think most of the films we're doing this month have that.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I know our last one does. Yeah. Our last one has a huge cult following. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to do that one. Um. But yeah, and I feel like films like this don't get the recognition it deserve. They deserve. And also, it's a film that even a non-horror fan, someone who doesn't like horror, yeah, would still really enjoy, if, as long as you like period dramas yeah i think that's the big thing with this film is it's a great film as long as you like period dramas horror whatever else it doesn't really matter but if you have to like period pieces yeah. to enjoy this and i want to make it
0: very clear like i'm not bashing movies like S- S- scream and halloween because they're like the films that i grew up on like scream's one oh, of my God favorite no. movies but more what i was saying was like they're not going to change the genre yeah they're not going to be films that are going to change like they're not going to they're not going to be the film's where people look at those movies and start taking horror seriously as a genre, like you need to have the elevated horror movies to kind of look at those films and take genre ser- like for for. And I'm not saying that like the awards are important. Like I'm not saying a horror movie is ever going to win Oscars in this day and age. But in a day and age when Spider Man No Way Home is being campaigned for a Best Picture Oscar. Why aren't people saying The Night House should be nominated oh, for maybe best film? Oh, no, The Night House should be nominated. Or, that like, film Candyman, phenomenal. or, like, things like that, you know? We should... We, and, like, the thing is, I feel like people just look at horror movies and they go, Ugh, that's fucking gross, that person's having their head cut off, it's all, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, that's not the point, because no. you're only looking at one small facet of it. Yeah, and
1: this is the thing, is horror is so wide.
0: And that's why I love Shudder, Because Shudder curates playlists for you and they'll put things up and they have such a wide array of like different types of films worldwide. And it costs you like less than a cup of coffee a month to yeah, have access to all of these films.
1: It is very true. Uh, again, we are not in any way sponsored by Shudder.
0: Mate, I'd love to be sponsored by Shudder. If they <laughs>
1: want to sponsor us, I'm totally separate. Like, even <laughs> if they don't pay us, they're just like, we'll give you a free Shudder subscription. I'd be like, fine, I will hop. Mate,
0: I, hop I don't even... I, like, if Shudder sent me a free baseball cap, I'd be so happy. I would wear my Shudder baseball cap and my a Shudder tee. Like, if, you, if Shudder just sent me a T-shirt, I'd be so happy. i just wear my Shudder T-shirt all the time. But, like, that's besides the point... What I'm saying is, like, this movie is such a great film for a, like a lot of different reasons. And yeah. as you said, it pulls in a lot of people from different genres. Like, people that are interested in, like, French history could watch this movie. People that are interested in, like, period films could watch this movie. People that are interested in horror could watch it. People martial like arts martial aficionados arts, could watch it. People who
1: like mystery movies. Yeah. People who like creature flicks, specifically. Yeah. It's such a great and so i think we're kind of wrapping up at this point i think the only other thing i really want to say about this film is a the score Mm -hmm. is beautiful yeah it's really cool b the costuming department really said fuck you in this film the whole chest (laughs) the whole chest the costuming in this film is absolutely stunning is it period correct? Who the fuck knows? Because I'm not am not a fashion historian.
0: I think for the most part it is. I think
1: it is mostly period correct, but I'm not a fashion historian, I cannot tell you. But are all of the pieces absolutely stunning and beautifully made? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's rare I will bang on about air uh, costuming in a film, because generally we watch films where people are wearing jeans and t-shirts. Not, not that, not big, big of a deal.
0: Do you know one of the things? One of the outfits I really like in this movie It's the low-key outfit that um, Manny wears, where it's like the hat and the jacket that's like pulled up oh, to like the half very his face. Beginning. Yeah, because he's got like a trench coat that's pulled up, pulled all the way up with a so collar that's nose. pulled up to his nose. It looks like a and mask. He's got like
1: circular hat. Yeah, on. he's got like
0: the libertine style, like pirate kind of triangular pirate hat thing yeah on. That's, that's a, a really that's cool a outfit. outfit and then he fights in it and he's just really. I cool. think
1: my my favorite outfit in this film is the, the the dress that Sylvia wears when she goes to the church to speak to Marianne
0: because
1: mm-hmm. it's beautiful so, and, and in fact all of the outfits the women in the brothel are wearing because they're so intricate all of them to say that they're literally done for like a five minute sequence
0: I think, given the fact that we, like, when we first talked about this month, because I know it was a month that you picked as your topic, I, I think we kind of looked at the films that we were doing, and I was like, I'm not really sure how this month was going to go, but in all honesty, this has been one of the best so far, because we've done three, because we've already recorded our episode for next week. Looking at the three films that we've already covered, I think this has been one of the best months.
1: I think all of the movies have scored relatively well yeah. thus far as I'm well. very
0: excited for the one on the 24th, because I know you've never seen it. And I I'm mean, really to be fair, I love to-
1: how we're saying the one on the 24th, like, we haven't announced yeah. it
0: Yeah, yet. I'm really because, <laughs> w- like, water. <laughs> obviously next week we're doing Train to Busan, and then we're doing Dark Water and Night Watch. Mm. I think, like, this has been a really interesting month, and it really shows, like, the diversity of horror worldwide. Uh-huh. And like the creative aspects. And like this is the thing, like, Christophe Gans could have easily been one of the next big voices in horror. And I think it's a real shame that he didn't. Mm. And I don't know, as I say, like I said back at the beginning of the episode, I don't know if that's personal choice that yeah, he chose no not to make any, make any more
1: movies.
0: Because like the French sensibility when you look at French filmmaking. I mean look at Alexander Arger, for example. Alexander Arja comes out, he makes switchblade romance, aka hot tension slash high tension. And then he, he does things like Piranha, he did Mirrors, he did Horns, he did The Ninth Life of Louis Drax, he did the remake of The Hills Have Eyes, he's done something else fairly recently. Oh yeah, he did Crawl, which is the alligator movie, um, with Kaya Scardelario in it. Yes. Yeah. And like, you look at that, like you look at where he came from, making like these low-budget French horror movies, and he's had a really successful career, and he's worked with a lot of really interesting people, and...
1: Oh, interesting. So you know what you're saying about his um thing? Yeah. And how, so he was working on a video game. It's been abandoned. And he's now attached to a French film called Phantoms. He was initially set to direct the sequel to Silent Hill, but he pulled out. He was then on for developing a new live-action version of Corte Maltese, which ran into uh, legal problems. So I think basically what happened was he was had a load of things he was supposed to be doing, and they got cancelled, got pushed back. He had to drop out. Legal issues. He's also
0: doing a new Silent Hill movie, and yeah, or frame. I said
1: that. I said that at the mm. beginning, and a Project Zero, which might be this one. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that I talk, I did say. when we were looking through his yeah. IMDb, but yeah, it looks like it's more of a he was attached to do things, and they keep falling through over yeah. him deciding not to make anything
0: because he's he's got a really good eye, and like I love. Like, colour palettes he uses Mm -hmm. as well. Like, his use of lighting and shadows and stuff is really interesting. The
1: great thing about this movie is it is generally not a very colourful film. The only scene that's massively colourful, really, is the brothel scene, and that's because of all the outfits Mm the girls wear. The only splashes of colour you really have in this film are the bright red cloaks of, like, the guard and the outfit that Marianne wears during the... Hunt. Hunt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also interesting because you made an you made an allusion to her little red riding hood outfit as you called it, and you were like, oh, maybe because we discussed maybe her potentially being the werewolf, and it was like a, a play on little red riding hood. Mm-hmm. I think it is supposed to be a reference to little red riding hood, but because her brother
0: is the wolf, yeah, like a bit of subtext. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. But no, I I think this has been a really rewarding like this has been one of my favorite sets of films that we've covered mm. recently. I mean, I know I I wasn't too keen on Pan's Labyrinth, but I think again that's oh, yeah, just down to like it, personal choice. But I think this movie is a fucking like considering I've not seen I so I've not seen this movie in easily 19 years. I bought it on DVD, watched it once and then kind of just almost forgot about it. Mm. And it was only when we were discussing this because it came up, as I say, when we did the 5x5. And it was when we were discussing this and we were looking at potential films that we wanted to cover. And we were like, I was like, I want to do it. Because I, I was more interested to see how you would kind of respond to it as a yeah. film. And, like, I know there are going to be people that are like, it's not a horror movie. I was like, but it is. Well, we've but it discussed
1: is. this plenty of times. Like, horror is completely subjective. Um, and I don't think anyone has any right to say a film is not a horror movie. Unless it's quite obviously not a horror film. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can ever say any film that even a horror adjacent is not a horror film, because horror is completely subjective. Yeah,
0: definitely, I agree. So how would you rate Brotherhood of the Wolf?
1: I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it four stars.
0: Four axes. Four
1: axes, sorry. Only because I feel like there there were certain points in this film where it got a little bit confusing, and I don't know if that is down to the film itself or down to the subtitles, but because of that I'm going to drop it an axe.
0: I would say also the fact that there's alternate versions of the film yeah, as well. Yeah, there's
1: three different alternate versions. Because there's the
0: French theatrical version, and the there's the UK, UK version, version. And then
1: there's the director's cut. Because the
0: UK version takes out a whole subplot of like certain characters, but yeah. then it puts in scenes from the director's cut, and then there is the director's cut. And I do wonder if you watch a director's cut or if you watch the French version, they make a bit more sense. And maybe that's why the English version doesn't, because there are certain scenes that are taken out of it. Maybe. So it kind of feels like you have missed certain points. Maybe. But yeah, the Shout Factory Blu-ray has got the The director's uh, director's cut on it.
1: it. But what rating are you giving it?
0: I'm going to give it a 4.5. I do think it's like, I agree with everything that you said. I think there are points in it where it is confusing and it's hard to tell whether it's down to the translation or whether it's down to like certain scenes being excised in the different cuts. However, I do think that it's a film that, Upon reflection and watching it nearly 20 years later, it doesn't seem to have aged a day. I think it's still as impactful as it was when it was released. I think it's one of those movies that I think more people should discover now it's being put on Shudder. Um, Not in the UK, sadly, but as I said, you can get it on DVD fairly cheaply if you are interested in wanting to see it. Or I think you can rent it from Amazon Prime uh, for like a couple of pounds if you want to watch it. But I would highly recommend watching this movie if you've never seen it before, purely because it kind of shows you a different angle of what like a horror movie can be. Yeah. And it's a really well made, really well directed and really well acted film. Um and if that doesn't sell you on it, I mean Monica Bellucci's in it. And she gets her tits out. She she gets her breasts out.
1: I mean I feel like I say that like that's not a thing she does vaguely regularly in films. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, like, for the ladies, I mean, Vincent Cassell takes a shirt off, so does Mark Tocascus, so there's a little bit of something for everyone.
1: I like Mark Tocascus, I'm a big, big fan of Mark Tocascus.
0: He's very good in this. Um, So, yeah, that was our thoughts on The Brotherhood of the Wolf as we rattle on through uh, our foreign language horror month. Mm -hmm. So join us this Friday as we look at the new Scream film. So you know how it works, we're going to be seeing Scream on Friday, we will have a review up at some point in the early evening on Friday, I think it's going to be just timeline wise probably up about 8pm.
1: Put your notifications on and then they'll let you know when we've put the episode up so you can go listen to it.
0: And much like our Halloween Kills, Ghostbusters and Last Night in Soho episodes, we are going to be splitting it into spoiler and non-spoiler sections. So look out for that.
1: Stamp for yeah. You.
0: Look out for that on Friday, and then next Monday we will be taking a train to Busan. Uh, as we look at twenty sixteen's train to Busan, and luckily, nice
1: little... luckily it's in Korea, so it's not a rail replacement service yeah. to Busan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I
1: was really glad I didn't make that joke in the episode. That's why we called in England for a replacement service to London.
0: Yeah. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Twitter at S-I-M-A-H-F-P-O-D. Twitter at uh, Instagram and Tumblr at So i a Fan, all lowercase, all one word. Um, and if you don't already know, if you listen to us via Spotify, you can rate our podcast on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Under our title, there is a little star with a number. It takes about 20 seconds. Uh, just click on it, give us a rating. We would greatly appreciate it. And as always... Stay safe, stay spooky, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Bye. Bye.